Hi, y'all. <laughs> ah, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. I know you're here, but just more. Come. Come, 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 come. Come, Lord. Come. Speak to each of us exactly where each of us are, exactly what we need to hear, and then put in our hearts what we need to um, interact with you about. In Jesus' name, we're asking this. Amen. So, one of my, uh, looking up, Michael Bottom, if you know him, he, he's just always walking by with information. Uh, I don't know, we were talking a week or so ago. And I, probably, I might have said this last time, and I forgot. I apologize if I do. But, you know, the kingdom of God mentioned in the New Testament is mentioned 126 times in the New Testament. Most of that is Jesus talking in the Gospels, but... Uh, it's in there. The rule and reign of God is a big deal to Jesus. Did he? Yeah, you did. It's a smart guy. Yeah. So then, as even now, Benjamin, at your age, is you're listening for what you think God is telling you to do or act on or something. Um just kind of like leave, it's sort of like if you had an ear, well, not an earpiece, because that makes your ear itch probably, but if you had something that you could listen to all the time and it was always on the Kingdom of God channel, sort of like a police scanner, you know, and it was just always in the background, but then any moment God might give you something, and he talks different ways. Some of us, he sometimes he gives you a dream, I had a pastor, I, I went to see some of the Alabama pastors, passing I did Thursday evening, and I had thought that I had uh, something to maybe minister to someone there. If I was supposed to, I wasn't sure. I was going, I'm probably making this up. Well, another pastor that's retired had been listening to a minister um, on TikTok. I didn't know there was Christian, but there's ministers on there. So he's listening to this minister, and while he's listening to him, he said, I had sort of like a low level, you know, how do you describe something? He said, I just saw something, and I saw you, Jim. That's why I'm calling you. <laughs> I saw you, and you were praying for some people. Now, he didn't know I was going somewhere this was at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and I was going to leave in 30 minutes for Birmingham for the rest of the day until the evening meeting. Wow, thanks. That encouraged me. Like, first then, if you're like me, you always got something to fill in your anxiety. You take one out and you put a new one in. So the new one is like, wow, God's, God told Ron this, so what if I miss it? What? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I did pray for some people, and we broke in up in little groups, and so the little group I was praying with. So maybe maybe that happened there. We're all we're all trying to, uh, as Christians, we're trying we're trying to be involved with the rule and reign of God. Um, I've got a quote or two. I'm going to go to Titus chapter two and three. 
Uh, I looked at the material on uh, on the ministry team manual. We did some of last week the five step healing model, and some way we'll have I'll have to, we'll have to get that out so that you can hear all, uh, so that you can be exposed to all the little parts that we learned a long time ago about praying for people and how we can be efficient at it. Uh, one of the I, I was listening to Simon Ponsonby. And Simon likes, he's just great at quoting things. He quoted E.M. Bounds. I used to, I, I had a couple of books on him. E.M. Bounds was kind of known for being this intercessor and this guy that knew a lot about prayer. And Bounds said, uh, men are God's method. The church is looking for better methods. God is looking for better men and women. <laughs> you know, People are God's methods. That's what he uses. But in church systems, you know, we're always trying to come up with a way of doing something, some program, something. And we're always looking for a better way. So that was a good little quote he said. Um, before I get to the Titus part, In the early 1700s in England, things were getting pretty rough in their time period. They, they had such a poor supply of water to drink from that they actually, the number one kind of liquid that they drank was gin because the gin was safer to drink than the water. And so, in their time period, uh, a glass of gin cost a penny. And I don't know what that would be equivalent to our time, but the society was, wow, it was, you can imagine little, uh, I, don't, I don't know what they called them, gin house, I don't know. The, they were the number one kind of places that people frequented, and you can imagine that alcoholism was really rampant. And so some young guys started, and it always starts, seems black with young people. Uh, there was a guy named um, George Whitfield. And Whitfield was stirred about speaking to people about Jesus. Meanwhile, there was another, another man that had, had gone to seminary across town, and his name was John Wesley. And Wesley had... Uh, he really loved God. He felt like he did. He wasn't quite sure. Um, you know, this is, uh, the year is um, around seven, 1738. So that means that the American Revolution has not taken place. We have 13 colonies. Wesley gets on a ship to come to the United States. And I don't know, is it the Georgia area? He's on a ship, and there are I can see I'm about to throw a bunch of unnecessary things at you, and I don't know how to cut this down. So, there's a group of people called the Moravians. Have you, anybody heard of the Moravians? M Moravians were a group of Christians, um, kind of a people group of them, and some of them felt like they were going to want to go to America to start a Mo Moravian community, and Wesley was on a ship with Moravians. Now, the Moravians... A real big storm comes while the ship is at sea. Everybody on, on the ship, especially the sailors there, thought they were going to go down at sea. The Moravians start praying 
They get in little groups. Here's this storm-tossed ship about to come apart, it feels like. And Wesley's watching the Moravians. And where everybody else is scared to death, the Moravians aren't. They're just praying with each other. This got his interest up. So when he got to America, he visited some of the Moravians. Okay, and then he goes back to England in this, his process of things. Now, these Moravians, back wherever they lived, I can't remember now, they started praying. They didn't set out to do this. They started a prayer meeting that lasted 100 years. That's, that's just mind-boggling. 100 years, Moravians, this was what they did as church service was praying. So some of them were on a ship. John Wesley just so happened to be on the ship. So happens to be around them. So he's been trying to focus on God. He's really worked at this for, for 13 years, it says, that he's been, he's been focusing his effort to attain a pure heart before God. And he realizes that he's a failure at this. He cannot do it. So he's going to a meeting. He doesn't really want to go to the meeting. The meeting is at Altersgate. So this is from his diary or his writings. And there is a plaque with this on it. If you go to Altergate Street in London, there is a statue of him and a plaque that has all this written down. This what I'm about to read you from his writing, from his record. This is May the 24th, 1738. In the evening, I went very unwillingly to a society in Altergate, in Altergate Street where one was reading from Martin Luther's preface to the Epistle to the Romans. That sounds very exciting. But about a quarter before nine, while he was describing the change which God works in the heart through faith in Christ, I felt my heart strangely warmed. I felt I did not trust in Christ, Christ alone for salvation. An assurance was given me that he had taken away my sins, even mine, and save me from the law of sin and death. He had an encounter that evening, which so changed him that I think he traveled to America like 15 or 16 times. He teams up. He doesn't actually team up at that time, but um, Whitfield is starting to preach. Whitfield is trying to be a street evangelist kind of guy. There's, there's a coal mine. He goes to a coal mine, if you've ever heard the story of that. He's preaching, standing. He had this ability with his voice. At one time, he was preaching to 30,000 people could understand him. One guy standing up, talking, 30,000 people, and it was clear enough that they could understand him. Whitfield started preaching. And these miners were standing around and were fascinated by him. Of course, they're fascinated by the Holy Spirit. They don't know it's God. But they're, and, and pretty soon, their faces are covered in, you know, kind of coal dust from being down in the mine. Kind of dark, their skin looks, you know, like coal dust. 
and you start seeing streaks form on their faces where they're crying. And between Whitfield's work and Wesley's work, we had an awakening from these young guys. We need an awakening here. We need an awakening all over the world, but there needs to be some uh, awakenings. There needs to be, like Wesley, running into uh, God there at Altersgate. So I'm going to read part of the, I did chapter 1 of Titus a few weeks ago. So, you know, this is Paul giving Titus instruction with this new church, and he's, um, he sent him there. So chapter 2, New American Standard. But as for you, Paul's talking to Titus, speak the things which are fitting for sound doctrine. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, in love, and perseverance. Older women, likewise, are to be um, nice in their behaviors, not malicious gossips or enslaved to much wine, teaching what's good, so that they may train the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands. I know our culture, but just kind of, you know, so that the, the word of God will not be dishonored. That's the point. He's saying teach, teach them to be nice to each other, the Christians there, um, so that they'll be a, kind of a witness of their life. Verse 6, likewise, urge the young men to be sensible. Now, why would you urge young men to be sensible except that they probably aren't sometimes? <laughs> In all things, show yourself to be an example of good deeds with purity and doctrine and dignified, sound in speech, which is beyond reproach so that the opponent will be put to shame, having nothing bad to say about us. Urge bond slaves, as slaves for life, to be subject to their own masters in everything, to be well-pleasing, not argumentative. These are ones that have become Christians. Not pilfering, not, not stealing from their masters, but showing all good faith so that they will adore the doctrine of God our Savior in every respect. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all men, instructing us to deny ungodliness and worldly desires and to live sensible and righteously and godly in the present age, looking for the blessed hope and appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. These things speak, exhort, reprove with all authority. Let no one disregard you, talking because he's a young guy. Those are all just things that people should do, especially Christians. We, but he's telling them that since some of the people are in different degrees of this and their spiritual growth, reinforce these things there on our Creek, uh, you know, at this church, this, this people group is forming. Chapter 3, remind them to be subject to rulers and to authorities and to be obedient, 
to be ready in every good deed, to malign no one, to be peaceable and gentle, showing every consideration for all men. For we also once were foolish ourselves, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various lusts and pleasures, spending our life in malice and envy, hateful and hating one another. Does that not sound like Memphis the other day? Yep. Yep. These are all a sign of the times in America. The spiritual degree of spirituality has decreased. So the, the Christians that are mature at all are, are wanting to grow in maturity have got to more than ever lean into the kingdom of God, lean into your relationship with God because you are the, law, the salt and light of, of the earth, he says. You know, we are the representatives of the kingdom. We are the children of God. We are his ambassadors. We are, and we fall down. And we have bad days. And you might catch yourself saying things in the car about the guy parked that's in front of you trying to turn left, you know, that you just see it's not the whatever, you know. And later you kind of apologize to God and go, I hope nobody saw that, you know. That's just one little thing. We all have little things, you know. But get up and walk with God and confess your sins one to another, you know. Verse 4. But when the kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not on the basis of deeds, which we have done in righteousness, but according to his mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out upon us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by his grace, we would be made heirs according to the hope of eternal life. And this is a trustworthy statement. Concerning these things, I want you to speak confidently so that those who have believed God will be careful to engage in good deeds. These things are good and profitable for men. Avoid foolish controversies and genealogies and strife and, and other these things they have problems with, and disputes about the law, for they are unprofitable and worthless. Reject a fractious man after a first and second warning, knowing that such a man is perverted and is sinning and being self-condemned. Then he gives a little little piece to about different people there and then verse 14 our people must learn to engage in good deeds to meet pressing needs so that they will not be unfruitful but but just back up there verse 5 he would he saved us not on the basis of deeds which we have done in righteousness but according to his mercy According to his mercy, that was what 
got Wesley. He had tried and tried and tried and tried. And he knew he was not successful. But that night, a little bit after nine, God touched him and said, it's me. It's what I've done. It's not what you've done to me. In his own, you know, in his words, in his time. It, it got through to him. The lights came on inside of John Wesley. His preaching changed. He became this person that cared for others because he realized God cared for him. May the 24th, 1738. All this stuff that Titus has been said to Titus by Paul is great. It's useful. What are we going to do? Individually, together, what are we going to do? seems like hour to hour each day that I listen that I'm open to situations they don't have to be grandiose things I mean they could be but it could be like I had some things I wanted to finish up yesterday because I had a big mess I've done here before y'all get here today. You know, it looks a lot better. Yesterday you would have tripped over all this stuff that was out. Friend called up and needed to talk. And I tried to work and then I realized mm, I'm not going to be able to do both of these. It's, this is important stuff we're talking about. So I sat down at some point. And I wanted to do both, but I couldn't do both. I'm glad I listened to my friend go through their issue that they want to talk about. Those add up what we do. I want to be a representative of the kingdom of God. I want to be on call. When he gives me something. I tell you that. In confession. But if you were traveling around with me. Listening to my mind. Then, then you would hear sometimes going. Really? I had plans for that. Right there. I don't want to go there. I don't want to listen to my friend. Right now. I had plans. Yeah. That other guy wants to watch a little TV. On my phone phone or yeah <laughs> yeah yeah 
that war. That war is just always there. There's moments that it's not. I got up anxious yesterday. That's my wife. I got up anxious. I got some friends, two or three guy friends that are are sick. I mean physically sick. Physical sickness. Really sick. And then other stuff. Just other stuff. I got in the front up here. I cleaned off a little table I have up there. When I hope I get back to painting, I haven't. Um, put my Bible there. I put my notebook there. I've, I, I kind of the problem is, is that I know how to get with God, but sometimes I just can't slow my. It's like what is it like running downhill or something? I just uh, why is that doing that? Because I have it up here. Discover has a message for all of us, but I, I'm going <laughs> to turn that off. <laughs> I got, though, to the point where, all right, I have no idea what to do about tomorrow, a message or whatever in this moment, but I need to find God. And so to find God, I, had, I have to get, for me, this is what, how I'm wired today, and maybe it changes tomorrow. I have to do the next thing. So the next thing was up there. I sat there, and I thought, wow, I wish I had a candle. And then I thought, hmm, I should go get me a couple of candles and light some candles. It makes no good sense on one place, but it was the next thing to do. So I lit some candles. And then um, then I heard a line from a song by Keith Green. So I looked up the line and what where the song was, and the whole song was somebody had recorded Keith singing it at the playing at a piano somewhere a long time ago. And it was on, all on YouTube, the whole song. So I started playing it, and then I thought, hmm, needs to be louder. I got some speakers around here someplace upstairs where I'm working on it up there. What if I go up there and go find those speakers? So I go to the top floor, get the speakers, bring the speakers down, wire them, put them in, put power on them, plug them into the phone, play it again, loud. Played it like three times. Ah. getting better y'all you you all will have to do whatever it is this the things he has for you to do right then to 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 make it a current relationship with God whatever that is for you I'm encouraged by Wesley's just this little piece. Just just Simon talking about England at the time of Wesley and Whitfield. That 
Christians all ages in this country, right, at this point in time, can each encourage each other to seek God and God's kingdom and do what the next thing is that they feel, hear, think, see that they're supposed to do. And we're all like, almost like little tiny birthday candles. I'm never going to forget that my dad was turning, yeah, I don't know how old he was, 80, something, 80, something. My mom had decided to make my dad a birthday cake. They lived in Rainbow City, Park Lane then. And uh, my brother, his family was there. So we got, you know, like 10 people around the dining room table. My mother brings in the birthday cake. It's got... 80, 80 little innocent birthday candles on there and ask my brother and I to light the candles. So my brother starts on one side with a candle lighter, lighting some, and I'm lighting some. Do you know if you put 80 birthday candles, innocent little birthday candles together, that the flame starts sounding like a, like a jet engine? This flame became like, this tall, like a foot and a half tall. Have you done it before? Is that why Teresa is doing this? Okay, so Teresa knows what I'm talking about. The birthday cake started melting. It got so hot. We got them out. We waited until it cooled a little bit. And it, it tasted pretty good. It did have a little whack-like taste to it, just barely, you know. So Benjamin... I put my little birthday candle that's lit next to your birthday candle, next to your mom's, next to your dad's, next to Liz. And then that's just right here. And then just around the room, we put all these, we put all these little bitty flames together. And pretty soon, it's like in the Old Testament, it says, well, we need to seek God who answers by fire. You know, the standoff up on top of the mountain. Who was that, Samuel and... Uh, Queen Jezebel's guys and, you know, her guys started cutting themselves and doing all this stuff and dancing around and nothing was really happening. And then he puts them, he says, let's, let's, let me do one. So they, they put their stones around there. They put the wood on there. He says, dump water all over it. They dump water all over it. Dump water on it again until it forms a trench and running out. More water, more water. And then he calls out to God and fire comes from heaven. Lights. All the wood burns up all the water, burns up all the stones. You know, it was a good day. Everybody started worshiping God. They took care of the ones who worked for Jezebel, and then he had to go run for his life. But that's another story. <laughs> I don't seem to have an ending or a conclusion here. Miles, just like you said a minute ago, may the spiritual Miles overcome the natural man and he rise up i mean you know we just feed the spiritual part we just feed our spiritual part we just pray for each other so if somebody needs some prayer somebody needs when we say that you know there's there's physical needs there's spiritual stuff maybe your maybe your spiritual batteries are just turning red you know it's like that you're it's like a phone that turns itself off when it's down to its last whatever half a percent or something. Maybe you're like that. Let, let's just, let's just, let's call the God of heaven. 
on one or more, whoever, for each. Talk to the God who answers by fire. This is not a, we're not having a philosophical thing about the Bible. We're, we have a relationship with God and with each other. So bless anybody that's watching this or when you watch this later. Bless you. Call out to God. Go into your secret place, whatever that place is. In the car, in the closet, walking by the river, wherever it is. Go to, call out to God. Or go to, go to spiritual family or friends and ask them to pray for you. Jumpstart you. Just put all your candles together and start a, start a, melt part of the birthday cake down. In Jesus' name. Amen.